the fuck is up, world? Piali, Plaltik, Bak. We back in this bitch. Another podcast for that ass, boy and girl. Ain't trying to be gender exclusive, non-binary, whatever it is that you identify as, uh, whatever it may be. Welcome. I'm glad to be back with y'all. It's been about a week now since my last podcast. And um, yeah, I decided for this particular episode that we're going to go ahead and take a break from all the fucking Jordan Peterson talk, because believe you me, if you weren't fucking over it, trust me when I say that I am as well. Okay, I'm going to pick back up on the boy JP, right? When the time is right. But for now, I decided to go ahead and uh, mix it up a little bit by discussing something else that has been bothering me, not bothering me per se. But by discussing a podcast that I've been wanting to drop for a long fucking time now. And for those of you that follow me on Instagram, OG underscore Ice Nice 13, for those of you that don't, how the fuck dare you still to this day not follow me? You know what I'm saying? Um, you'll know that I posted recently about a book that I've been reading for about fucking nine years already since it was assigned to me as an undergraduate student. And my desire to drop a podcast on one section from one chapter of that fucking book. And that for whatever reason, whenever it came time for me to do so, I just always got lost in the sauce, bro. I would fucking sit down and start preparing the the, the, the podcast. I was going to say the lecture notes, whatever the case is. I would sit down and start preparing it. And then I would just get lost in the philosophy. The philosophy, at least for me personally, and it's going to be my hope that it is the same for you as well. Well, so is so impactful that every time I just sit down and fucking, you know, try to flush it out, I start to realize all the ways that it's impacting me personally on a, on my own level. You know what I'm saying? And in my desire to share it with you all, I, I get lost in the sauce again and I start going out of my way and trying to fucking address all the shortcomings, I guess is the best way to put it that this book makes me realize that I'm currently, you know, that I currently have at whatever point it is in my life. Right. And that was the case a year ago when I fucking first made the conscientious decision. I was like, I was just going through the book itself. I was reading it and I said to myself, yo, this part's pretty fucking dope, man. I want to share this shit as a fucking podcast. And, um, when I started fucking doing so, it kind of caught me like a weird point in my life. It's always a weird point in life period for everybody. Right. Let's be honest with ourselves. But it caught me at a point when I needed to realize like, dog, this shit, life in general is so fucking crazy. And I don't think you can do it justice at this point because you're not really being honest. You're not really being authentic with yourself in just how fucking extraordinarily strange this whole fucking enterprise called life truly is. And that because of that, I decided that it was best to I didn't even decide conscientiously. In retrospect, I realized that, yeah, and I decided to not do it because I just, I wanted to bring, I wanted to be as authentic as possible with this particular fucking uh, material because doing so would almost be a disservice to the material in itself in that it would demonstrate some sort of lacking, if you will, on my behalf of an inability to properly do it justice. That's how, how deeply I hold this particular philosophy. That's in such high esteem that I hold this particular philosophy that I wanted to ensure that I didn't just fucking hit you with some halfway shit. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to hit you with the fucking, I wanted to drop some, I wanted to make sure that I did it justice. Let's just leave it at that. Okay. And yeah. So I guess rather than fucking continue to beat around the bush, let's just fucking jump right into it. I'm talking Heidegger, yo. Okay. Martin Heidegger, the German philosopher who was philosophizing during World War II, the German philosopher who joined the Nazi party. Okay. The German philosopher who, because he joined the Nazi party, many people seek to try to dismiss in an ad hominem attempt to debunk his philosophy. And the problem is that try though they might, the fact of the matter is Heidegger's philosophy is dope as fuck and they cannot do so because, again, if you want to dismiss his philosophy, you have to attack his actual philosophy and not his character and his ensuing faults, right? Now, I guess uh, I, I, I'm, I'm going to be completely fucking honest with you, okay? Um, when I first discovered Heidegger, I, it was something of a guilty pleasure in the sense that it made me guilt, not guilty like the way, a guilty pleasure in the way that we're, the, the, the term traditionally goes, right? But in this particular sense, it was a guilty pleasure in that I used to fucking 
feel guilty admitting that I liked Heidegger because, again, of his Nazi associations. But that was until I fucking figured out or found out, I should say more appropriately, about the indigenous Holocaust on Turtle Island. And I kind of just put two and two together when I realized that, okay, so why are y'all so quick to dismiss fucking Heidegger, but y'all motherfuckers ride and die for Plato, for Socrates, for Aristotle, and for every other European philosopher, every other Christian philosopher that fucking is derivative of the ideology that is responsible for the indigenous Holocaust of 100 million people here on Turtle Island. Because I'm going to need y'all to keep the same fucking energy. If it's fuck Heidegger, then it's fuck every single intellectual, every single fucking philosophical, and in many cases, also every single physical ancestor or intellectual or rather uh, inheritor of those traditions, right? And I realized, okay, well, since there's not going to be any sort of continuity between this fucking uh, between these people who say that you can't listen, you can't read one philosopher because of his, you know, uh, uh, attachment to a, a party that was responsible for the Jewish Holocaust. But it's okay to listen to these other philosophers who are, you know, attached in many ways, like fucking Hegel to the indigenous Holocaust. No, I'm not fucking with that. So because of that, I have no problem fucking philosophizing about Heidegger now, right? It's no longer a guilty pleasure. It's a fucking 100% real shit. Like, yo, Heidegger's dope as fuck, dog. And it's, um, it's, I hope by the time I'm done treating this, I guess I should, I introduce it now just to let you know, like if you have some hangups about, you know, talking about a philosopher who was an actual Nazi, you can find pictures of him in his Nazi uniform, right? Uh, the, the extent to which he was, uh, involved with the Nazi party, it's like very marginal. Not that it, not that it fucking makes it any better. I'm just saying, it's not like he was on the fucking front lines and shit. You know what I mean? But the point is, I guess I'll introduce it now. So in case for those of you who don't feel like fucking listening to the wild rantings of what you believe to be falsely a Nazi sympathizer. Here's your warning, okay? So, for those of you that can see past that bullshit, let's get fucking right into it, okay? And before I actually get into the fucking actual philosophy, I want to talk about a little bit why, again, I want to inform it by discussing, if you see me reaching over here, I apologize. Uh, I want to inform it by the current mindset that it caught that it caught me in, if you will, as to why it is that I'm revisiting it again, okay? And um, the reason why is because there was a comment. I mean, I do read them, right? Surprisingly, uh, not all of them, okay? Especially when the post gets a little bit fucking carried away. But the ones that are, you know, it's not that many fucking comments to begin with. And I will read them. And there was a meme that I posted recently. And someone made a, a comment along the lines of, why are your posts so negative lately, right? Which A, fucking made me laugh because, bro, my posts have always been negative. What the fuck? Don't act brand new. If you've been following along, you know your boy's pessimistic and has a dark sense of humor. Like, what the fuck? This shit ain't new, Doug. Okay? Um, but more importantly, the reason being is that it bothered me because I realized that uh, I don't understand. I, I don't think people... It's not... It's not... No one's... It's not... Let's try to be as genuine with this as possible. Genuine with this as possible. I don't fucking mean everything I post, man. Chill the fuck out. Okay? Sometimes I just post shit to be silly. Sometimes I post shit I don't fucking agree with. But other times I do. And sometimes I'm not fucking around, okay? And recently, I had been posting a lot about stress and anxiety. And despite the fact that I like to make jokes about stress and anxiety, the fact of the matter is I, like, undoubtedly, mm, hundreds of millions, I was going to say millions, hundreds of millions of people around the world are stressed the fuck out right now, dog. This coronavirus shit is getting out of control, son. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, dog, I have been fucking pretty stressed out lately and I have been pretty fucking anxious lately like I anticipate many people around the world have been, okay? And, you know, one thing that fucking bothers me to no extent is when people have a very dismissive attitude towards it. But what's even worse than a dismissive attitude, like the whole walk it off type of shit, like, right, that type of attitude, what fucking drives me insane beyond that particular attitude are the people who drop that fucking generic toxic positivity advice of just think positively, man. Just be happy, bro. Like, fuck you, okay? Quit trying to minimize, quit trying to marginalize, and more importantly, quit trying to dismiss facets of reality that make you uncomfortable because you don't want to fucking think about, you know, the shit that it is that people in, that are deep into the meme culture, like I consider myself to be, fucking want to talk about what do we want to talk about mental health issues bro i don't give a fuck who you are actually i do give i don't give look let me be very clear here 
following the Heideggerian philosophy. I don't give a fuck who you are. Okay. Uh, everybody suffers with this, whether you conscientiously choose to acknowledge it or not, that's a different story. And that's going to be a key requirement for whether you get to live an authentic life or not. Okay. Me personally, I am trying. I try my best to fucking maintain the straight and narrow in terms of authenticity as possible. And I'm not going to sugarcoat shit. I'm going to be 100% real and honest with every single fucking turn, irrespective of how alienating and how fucking off-putting it may be to some people because they only want to hear, they only want to be around the positive shit that I post. Like, nah, dog, I'm not, that's, that's fucking irrational. That's not human. That's robot shit. That's toxic positivity nonsense to assume that people can only ever be fucking happy. It's fucking ridiculous to assume that the best way to overcome it is to just think positively. Like, fuck you, okay? Um, this is like, seriously, some straight, straight up weak ass, bitch ass, cop out excuse to avoid thinking about the real shit inherent with existing. This is where we're going to fucking pick up with Heidegger, man. He's going to tell us like, yo, there's fucking levels to this existence, dog. More specifically to use his language, there's fucking brackets of this existence. There's structures to this existence and they exist. They're there. They're just there waiting to be experienced. Whether you choose to acknowledge them or not, that's a different story, okay? What is a structure of existence? Death, bro. There's no fucking escaping it. It's a reality of the fact and it doesn't fucking matter whether you choose to ignore it. It's still gonna come and get your ass, dog, one day or another. And the best thing that you can do is be prepared for it by philosophizing it and preparing for it, simply put, okay? Um, another fucking facet of existence, another bracket of existence, another structure of consciousness is depression, anxiety, but so is happiness and joy, right? These are all fundamental facets of existence. And to assume, or rather to expect that other people don't fucking experience them because it makes you feel uncomfortable about your own personal position. That's you living un fucking uh, inauthentically and trying to project your insecurities about reality on other people's in the hopes that doing so will lower them to your level and make you feel comfortable not for not fucking addressing the issues that are terrifying to you, but by having them not broach the issues that are terrifying to you. I'm not with that, dog. That's fucking inauthentic mode of existence that I'm not trying to live in. You know what I'm saying? Again, this toxic positivity nonsense is no fucking different than this Christian fundamentalism that's just asking you to let go and let God, right? Implying that these are that these things are somehow out of your control. Fuck that. It's all in our control, dog. If you want to fucking assume that you have free will at least, right? Um, it's in our control, right? The things, what is in our control? The things that are the fundamental, it's more, what I'm trying to say here is it's more than just thinking positively, dog. There are underlying fucking issues that are driving the anxiety. There are underlying issues that are driving the depression. It's not always, I mean, I'm not discounting the physical aspect of it, namely in the form of a lack of serotonin and, you know, other uh, molecular compounds necessary to produce the happy feeling. That's not what I'm saying, right? What I am saying is that beneath a, a physicalist interpretation, there's also these, there's, there's unresolved traumas, if you will. There's unfulfilled goals and expectations. There's the feeling of us not living up to our own fucking standards of ourselves, to our own fucking quality that we're capable of living up to. And that shit is stressful and anxiety inducing. And you can't just wish that away. You can't just wash that away. Those things are 100% in our responsibility to fucking take care of. And you can't just say, oh, just think positive or let go and let God. No, dude, like you got to get up off your ass and fucking make that shit happen. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that's kind of where this desire to make this fucking particular podcast on Heidegger came from. The realization is like, yeah, dog, it's on. It's to be understood that people are stressing the fuck out right now, man. The fucking world is in chaos. The world's always been in chaos, but right now it's like fucking particularly chaotic. You know what I'm saying? But in the midst of all that, we've been given an opportunity, if you will, to make something a fucking change in our lives, to do something that one thing that we've always been putting off, if you will, but we've never, we've always given ourselves the excuse like, oh, I'm so fucking tired, work, I have to work, I have to do this, I have to do that. Well, guess what, motherfucker? You don't have that excuse anymore. For the last two months, practically, you have not had that excuse. And yet there you are still not doing any of the shit that you always wished and fucking said you would be doing if only you had the time. And that's where I found myself, dog. Like, listen, I'm not trying to say that. However the fuck you enjoyed your quarantine, live your life, dog. Don't fucking, right? Don't listen to me for, to the extent of, fuck, I'm not trying to judge you. You know what I'm saying? What I am telling you is that me personally, 
I I have a very fucking high expectation of things that I hope to do in life. And when I'm not doing those things, the stress starts to creep in. The anxiety starts to creep in. The dread starts to creep in. The feeling of the fear of death starts to creep in. Not because I'm afraid of dying, but because I'm afraid of dying before I complete all the things that it is that I wanted to do. And if I'm just sitting there on my fucking ass and not making anything of it because I've just let go and let God, it's only going to further amplify my fucking anxiety. It's only going to further amplify my stress. It's only going to further amplify my depression. And more importantly, it's only going to further lead me into a state of fallenness where I realize that, dog, you are here because you allowed yourself to be here. You stopped questioning the fundamental nature of existence. You stopped fucking holding yourself accountable at every fucking turn for every single element of your life. And because of that, now you're fucking unhappy, dickhead. So fucking change it, okay? Now, um, to be fair, to be fair, when you do start to change it, when I, at least this is, again, this is me talking to you personally. I can't fucking speak for everybody, but I can speak for myself and I'm just going to assume that it relates to you as well. But when you do start to change it, it's not like the fucking depression magically disappears. It's not like the stress and the anxiety magically disappears. It's not like the despair manage, magically disappears, bro. In fact, it never will. It's always there. The best that we can do, at least if we're reading it through, you know, because Heidegger was influenced by Nietzsche, is continue to combat it in hopes that we get stronger with every single fucking rep, if you will, that we, you know, bring ourselves forward to confront this shit. So what I mean by that is like, again, the depression, it's going to come from the feeling of realizing that we must, we're not doing everything that we must to actualize our goal in our lives. The despair is going to come from realizing that this is an everyday thing for the rest of your life, dog. This is being unto death, okay? This feeling of, fuck, dude, I'm wasting my time, that's with you forever. And you can choose to ignore it or you can choose to fucking act on it. Either way, it doesn't matter. It will always be there. At the very least, though, one of your responses will make you possibly feel a little bit better. At least has been the case for me and definitely going to be the case with what Heidegger is going to want to tell us, right? Um, again, this sickness unto death type shit. And it's, again, it's not in the sense that Kierkegaard was discussing, but so much as a sickness until we're released by death, if you will, right? This is one of the only outs for this that Martin Heidegger is going to give us. The sweet release of death. Now, um, in philosophy, I know that you've heard me, if you've been listening to this podcast continuously, talk about this fucking desperate quest to find our meaning and purpose. Um, but very rarely do we ever talk about, you know, or at least discuss the burden for those who are fortunate enough to gain a meaning and purpose, man. Like, okay, I'm not trying to fucking sound holier than now, dog. If you think that I fucking just magically figured out what the fuck, I, I might even be wrong. The good news is you've come a long way. Some more J. Cole. The bad news is you went the wrong way. I think I have my purpose and meaning in, in life, right? I think I have found it. So before we even, before you start to think that I'm trying to put myself on a pedestal and appear to be holier than now, let's get it straight, dog. Like, I think this is what it, I think this is what it is. I get the quote unquote truth buzz every time I'm doing it, right? Um, but the reality is it may not be what the fuck I'm supposed to be doing, right? And then the sad part comes when you realize like, ah, oh, fuck, you wasted all that time doing this one thing when in reality you should have been doing this other thing, but now you can't get that time back and now your window of opportunities to actualize that other thing is getting infinitely smaller. Can you see where the anxiety is starting to set in at this point, right? Can you see where the fucking despair and the angst is fucking truly starting to kick in here when all these fucking thoughts are always bandying about the head, right? Oh, but just think positive. It's only because you allow yourself to think that way. Fuck you, asshole. I have one particular person in mind. This fucking shit stick doesn't even fucking follow me on the ground. But for some reason, not that that matters, okay? The reason that I bring it up is because for some reason, despite the fact that he doesn't always follow me, that he doesn't follow me, he always finds my posts and manages to come and say the same fucking bullshit every single time, to which I say, fuck you, every single time in response, okay? Now, um, so yeah, it's, <laughs> what I'm trying to say here is like, I'm not trying to put myself on a pedestal when I say like, yeah, dog, I found what it is that I think I'm supposed to be doing, what I know I'm supposed to be doing. Let's use it in the affirmative here, okay? 
uh, what I know that I'm supposed to be doing. But just because I found it, it doesn't mean that the fucking depression has magically disappeared. It doesn't mean that the despair has magically disappeared. It doesn't mean that the anxiety has magically disappeared. If anything, it's only been further compounded. Okay? Why? Because again, the realization of the finite amount of time that we have to complete our purpose. What if I fucking die before I write the book that I'm writing? What if I fucking... What if I get lazy? What if I get fucking too tired? What if I get fucking emotionally, mentally, or spiritually weakened or destroyed by a life fucking circumstance, which happens all the time, and I just completely lose track of all the things that it is that I have in mind that I want to do? That's possible, okay? And, you know, more importantly, the realization that this is going to be something that I have to do every single day for the rest of my life. We got to stop thinking of time in terms of this is going to be a Heideggerian Heidegger, concept that we're going to discuss like way later, way later, right? Uh, in fact, I'm just going to be honest with you. I have, this is going to be a multi fucking, vol it's going to be a multi-series podcast specifically on Heidegger, okay? For instance, right now, I'm like a third of the way through the chat, the section of the chapter that I wanted to get to. I got 13 fucking pages of uh, notes that I wrote for this particular pod, for, well, for the podcast in general, right? Meaning I still have two thirds to go, meaning I'll have more pages to go. And thus far within the first 20 minutes, I'm not even done with fucking page one. Okay. So I'm going to take my sweet, sweet time with some Martin Heidegger because this shit, it merits it in my personal opinion. The point that I'm trying to make though, returning back to the point is that, yeah, dog, like this is going to be something you got to deal with for every single day of the rest of your life. You got to stop thinking about it in terms of fucking public time, if you will, and start thinking about it in terms of private time. What is public time? Basically, it's time that is imposed on us by external forces like society. What is personal time? It's how much time you have on this planet, dog. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. It's not a matter of fucking days. It's not a matter of fucking work shifts. It's not a matter of anything. It's a matter of how much time you have between your birth and your death. That's it. That's your public time. And in between all that, you have these, hopefully, if you're trying to live an authentic, authenticized life, right? An actualized life, I should say. You have a goal or multiple that you're trying to fucking, you know, um, you're, try you're trying to manifest the goal. But it's not a guarantee. You just never know because life is fucking, you know, I don't know what to tell you. It's fucking chaotic, bro. Shit can happen at any given moment. And you might complete it, but you also might not. Hence, fucking more anxiety, more despair, more dread, more fucking fear. You know what I mean? Again, not fear of the fucking death itself. Fear. Again, death. Now we're starting to realize a little bit more why Heidegger's talking about this. It's probably even a good thing because it's gonna be it's gonna be the release from this fucking weight that we've been carrying around with us for this fucking entirety of our time, right? We have to complete our purpose and the ensuing guilt that's associated with realizing the importance, dude. Literal, actual fucking importance of every choice we make in in either helping fulfill this fucking personal goal or taking away from that personal goal. It's kind of that Nietzschean concept behind, beyond good and evil, right? I don't give a fuck about the Judeo-Christian values of, of good and evil. You know what's good? Shit that helps me fucking complete my goals. You know what's evil? Shit that's taken away from these goals because I only have a fucking finite amount of time on this earth to do so. And when I'm fucking laying there on my deathbed, deep, 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 the last thing I'm going to be fucking thinking about is all the bullshit minutia that I fucking concern myself with. And I'm going to be thinking instead about all the things I wanted to do in my life, but didn't because I fucking just let the time go by. Right. So again, this is more depression inherent in recognizing this enormous amount of effort that's necessary to see one's purpose through to the end, bro. It's a fucking inordinate amount of work. Okay. And the confrontation with this inner weakness that we all possess that is keeping us from doing so, right? Again, I, this is probably only amplified further now in the midst of this fucking quarantine because at least prior to the quarantine, you had an external, we all had an external force that was literally forcing us to get up and fucking make shit happen. Whether that shit was helping us achieve our own personal goal or not, completely fucking irrelevant, right? But the external force here was capitalistic forces that, you know, by the way, still exist, but many of us had jobs we had to get to, right? So at the very least, we had that pushing us and, you know, moving us forward. But now that we're fucking literally quarantined, can't fucking leave the house, what, what, do you, what, what is your excuse? You don't have any, right? And that forces us to further confront the inner weakness, the realization like, fuck, even if I had everything that I ever said that I needed in order to make my goals happen, like I do now, I still wouldn't fucking make them happen. 
which means that it wasn't society's fault that that this shit didn't happen. It was my fault all along. My inner weakness, my inner bitch, to use the Joe Rogan language, that's been keeping me from fucking manifesting all these goals that I have in mind, right? Because rather than doing so, I'm making up excuses, realizing how difficult it is and occupying myself with average everyday bullshit instead, right? It's that part of the fucking podcast when I hope if I've done a sufficiently good enough job where we start to realize that, bro, that fake love feels so real. You know what I'm saying? The fake love in the form of the happiness that we get through social media when we're fucking mindlessly scrolling, you know what I'm saying? For hours into the fucking infinite horizon of nothingness. Like literally, you're just fucking there. I know me personally, guilty as fuck, especially through this quarantine, just scrolling, 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 scrolling through social media, looking for what? A fake fucking happiness that comes where? Through validation from strangers, from the fucking confrontations that I get with random people, especially when I talk about the hell Satan shit. Bro, Satan's not real. Get the fuck over it, okay? I don't believe in Satan. It's just fun to fuck with you all. And the fact that you get so upset makes me want to fuck with you more because I'm a fucking troll, okay? Now, getting back to this shit, it still makes me realize like, okay, dog, come on, seriously. As fun as it is to fuck with these fucking Christian people or people that just believe in, you know, Satan in general, what the fuck is that seriously? How is that helping you, me personally, speaking to myself here, right? Achieve your overall goals in life. Like it's not asshole. It's taking away from your ability to do so because every second that you're spending fucking trolling people about Satan <laughs> is a fucking moment that you could be placing, you know, directing towards helping write the book, helping, you know, another podcast, writing another fucking video, whatever the case might be. You know what I'm saying? Now, <laughs> the requirements, again, the point that I'm trying to get to that, you know, uh, that it is necessary that are asked of us in everyday life to be a good partner, to be a good parent, to be a good child, to be a good employee, and so on, a good student, right? All these things, they only further compound uh, this fact, and it places us in a situation where, again, we have to choose between what truly matters and what doesn't, okay? We can try to find a balance, ideally, no doubt we can. You can try to be a good husband, a good wife, a good student, a good daughter, whatever the case might be, but we can't be 100% everything 100% of the time. Inevitably, we're going to not be able to give our best into every single endeavor, right? And when we're trying to find this balance, there's always going to be this lingering thought, right, that we're compromising something in exchange that we're just compromising like okay i'm gonna try to devote myself to be the best podcaster possible but in doing so i'm compromising if you will the ability in turn my bad got a little distracted there but the point is that inevitably we're gonna have to realize that we're fucking compromising okay uh like for me for instance i'm gonna have to sit when i'm sitting here preparing the fucking podcast when i'm doing the podcast i can try to give my 100 percent into it but in doing so i'm gonna inevitably be thinking what am I compromising in exchange for doing this? Because in the effort that I'm putting in to do a podcast, I could be putting that same effort into something else. You know what I'm saying? Am I choosing the right thing? Am I inserting this effort into the correct thing? Is what I'm inserting my effort into going to help actualize me as an individual person? And the reality is we just fucking don't know, right? So um, to be fair, to be fair, uh, a, a simple out from this is to just charge forward fucking full tilt and believe that the one thing that we're doing is the correct thing with no distraction at all whatsoever and to essentially then find something, anything worth living and dying for. But, you know, this is kind of a dangerous proposition because it's one thing to find, you know, uh, a podcast that you're deeply, a philosophy podcast like myself that you're deeply passionate about and choose to fucking live and die for that. And it's another thing to find an ideology like fucking Nazism that you're willing to live and die for and devote yourself completely to that as well, right? So we got to draw the line somewhere between this psychophantish behavior. So yeah, um, and returning back to the ideas of mental health and shit, you know, I guess before I get back into, like I said, I haven't even, um, I haven't even gotten into the actual Heideggerian philosophy just yet. I just wanted to preempt all of it, you know, by discussing where I personally was, because I know I had mentioned, well, obviously, in the beginning of this podcast, how the book, it just always seems to find me at a point in my life where when, even if I wanted to fucking do it, uh, it makes me realize all the ways that I got to first fix some faults on my own, right? 
before I can do so. Um, so yeah, when it comes back to these faults, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I guess to further address the, some of the content in my posts in a way that extends beyond the typical emo sad boy shit, it's like, again, yeah, dog, we get it. You're fucking depressed. Life sucks for everyone, though. Everyone's fucking depressed, right? Those that are, aren't, I'm like, yo, what the fuck? What is the secret that you found? Most of them be like, Jesus. And I'm like, oh, fuck that. I'd rather be depressed, <laughs> right? The point that I'm trying to get is like, yeah, dog, I get it. You know, um, it, it's, it's not a fucking, it is what it is, right? But let's talk about how life sucking is a contributive force to the depression for all of us, okay? And not in a way that can be easily explained away, again, by simply reducing it to some we live in a society type bullshit in a way that could be easily reduced by fucking let go and let God or just think positive type way. Like, nah, dog, we got to get into the real fucking nitty gritty here. And that's why I'm saying that for me personally, there was no better way to do so than with the fucking philosophy of Heidegger, right? Now, to add on to my initial fucking trigger warning, if you will, about him being a Nazi, a second trigger warning that I guess I should add is that a lot of his philosophy is very fucking abstract, okay? And um, I debated, I debated whether or not I should include this fucking abstract concepts that he, you know, uh, uh, the Heideggerian philosophy. And I was very hesitant to do so because I didn't want to provide you with a podcast that was fucking boring, basically. Okay. Reading Heidegger alone can be fucking dense as fuck. And I can just imagine trying to listen to a podcast on Heidegger, especially having no fucking, I'm assuming, background knowledge on Heideggerian philosophy. But then I fucking decided against it because I said, you know what, man? Fuck that shit. I'm not going to infantilize you guys and gals, right? Lovely non-binary peoples, however the fuck it is that you identify. Y'all, if you're listening to this podcast, no doubt are some intellectual motherfuckers, okay? And there's no need for me to dumb this shit down because you get it, dog. It's not fucking that deep, right? It's deep enough to where even I still get confused with the fucking language at times, but we can get through is the point that I'm trying to say, right? And more importantly, the reason why I decided to not fucking skip it is because the reality is that his, his use of language is done so on purpose, okay? Heidegger uses this language because he just feels as though the language that we already had prior, well, that he had at his time, he's philosophizing in the early 20th century Germany, right? Um, it didn't suit his aim of, you know, figuring out what being is essentially. So before we get started, right, uh, we got to fucking first address some of this language. But even, I guess, even more fundamental than that, if we're being honest, we need to fucking address, you know, the stated problem of Heidegger's life work in philosophy. And what is this problem? It's simple. The problem of being. Okay. Now, when I say being here, this is going to be part of the, this is what I'm saying when it says it gets like a little fucking dense. Is it, uh, it's it's going to be being with a capital B, but then it's also not going to be being with a capital B. And it's just going to fluctuate. And I'll try to do my best with different intonations and all that kind of stuff to try to fucking <laughs> differentiate, if you will, between the different kinds of beings that he's talking about. In this particular case, the question of being with a capital B is literally that of existence, bro. He's talking about the being of reality, okay? And... This problem is most often addressed via the following questions. First, what is being? Second, what is the being of entities? Next, what is the meaning of being with a capital B? Furthermore, what is the meaning of the expression, quote unquote, being? <laughs> I'm fucking sorry, guys and gals and non-binaries, okay? It's just, this is his philosophy. And lastly, and perhaps most famously, the question of why is there something rather than nothing at all? This is not a question unique to Heidegger, but it is going to be a question that he picks up. Okay. And when we break it down further, these questions, they can be grouped in terms of how very interconnected they become. Okay. So take, for instance, the quote unquote analytic question. And the analytic question is simply broken down into what is the meaning in either German in which he was philosophizing or English that we're speaking in, right? What is the meaning of the expression being, right? Sein, if you want to use German, I think that's how it's pronounced, right? It could also be broken down into the metaphysical question of 
what is being, okay? Or more appropriately, what is the ground of being, the foundation of being? And then lastly, the theological question of why is there being? Again, as opposed to nothing at all. Now, when I say theological, please do not get it twisted with religious because Heidegger was an atheist, okay? Now, uh, despite the fact that he was an atheist, it's, it's probably another one of the things. There's a lot of reasons why I fuck with Heidegger that I'm you're gonna that I'm gonna explain as this podcast series on him fucking uh, progresses. But one of the reasons is because again, he's an atheist. Um, but despite that, he's not gonna discount the the the, the, the possibility of the existence of some sort of uh, a life outside of this life. Okay, it's that's very that's just freaking very elementary language, man, to try to explain that. And it, it, admittedly so. So I apologize, but. Hopefully, if you stick around and you listen to it, it'll make sense by the time I get to it. Another thing that I like about him is he, he, it's, 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 it's part of this whole mystic twist that he takes towards the end of his career, right? When he's trying to, he's not fucking with religion or God per se, right? But he's not going to discount the possibility of other, it's not even otherworldly. There's just being, there's just this world right here and that which we can't access, you know, via our normal capacities, right? So um, some, tic- some typical rather responses to these questions are as follows. In terms of the first one, the question is perhaps this, this it's the easiest one to answer. So that's why we start with that one. And uh, it's, the, it's asking us nothing more, it's, rather this question is asking nothing more of us than what philosophers normally do, right? And that is to define an answer that fits within a criteria of some sort for determining whether or not a thing exists regardless of what kind of thing it is, okay? So I'm talking here fucking zombies, aliens, demons. They're, these are all, this is just but a taste of the potential existing things, if you will, in philosophy. We talk about zombies all the time, philosophical zombies all the time. Aliens, demons, right? We talk about this shit all the time in philosophy. And that's basically what this first set of questions breaks down to. Is like, okay, define what these things are and fucking fit them within a parameter so that I know when I encounter them, I could say being is this right here. The second set of questions, though, these are a little bit more troubling, right? In that they force us to confront the possibility that the language that we use to define, quote unquote, being with a capital B is inadequate to capture the actual essence of being. Now, before I continue, let me take a quick break here and explain to you. When I say being, I literally mean existence, bro. Okay, like the fundamental nature of existence, consciousness. If I were to ask you, like, what is consciousness? You'd be like, uh, same as I would, right? Because we lack the language to properly articulate it. In fact, one of the things that Heidegger is going to draw out inevitably is that we're just not going to ever be able to discuss. We're not ever going to be able to figure it out. Okay. The closest that we can get to is like poetry and shit, which I guess now is a perfect time to introduce the parallels between Nahuatl philosophy. If you ask me, Heideggerian philosophy is derivative of Nahuatl philosophy. I can't quite prove that he fucking ripped off the whole thing like I can with other philosophers like Emmanuel Levinas. But I'm just telling you, trust me when I say the Nawats figured all this shit out before Heidegger did, okay? Whether he fucking figured it out independently on his own or fucking ganked their philosophy remains to be seen, all right? Anyways, the point that I'm trying to say here is that uh, it's impossible, practically, to capture fucking the nature of reality. Uh, if you ask Heidegger and if you ask the Nawats, the best that we can do is Floricanto, baby, right? Uh, in Sochit, in Yol, uh, not in Yolotel, in Quitli, in Quicatl, in Sochit, in Quicatl. Man, my Nawat's terrible. I apologize. Anyways, the point is that Heidegger's stance, uh, is that he needs to create a quote unquote better un-German or for us un-English language, which he believes can properly capture the essence of being. Right? Again, this is part of what makes his philosophy so abstract. And then, of course, we have the third question which again, we're just going to call a theological question. And it's undoubtedly, without a fucking doubt, the most difficult one that he fucking poses. Now remember, Heidegger's a fucking atheist. So the answer of God is immediately out of the question to this. In fact, he's got a pretty cool quote here. I'm going to read it to you verbatim. It reads, one for whom the Bible is divine revelation and truth has the... Let me start that over. One for whom the Bible is divine revelation and truth has the answer to the question, why are there beings rather than nothing, even before it is asked? Everything that is, except God himself, the, incar- the increate creator, is, 
one who holds to such faith can in a way participate in asking of our questions, but he cannot really question without ceasing to be a believer and taking all the consequences consequences of such a step. He will only be able to act as if, quote unquote. Now, the question of why implies a quest for meaning and justification for being, particularly for human beings, right? And the answer to this question for Heidegger is of utmost importance, and it extends far beyond the confines of fucking philosophy, especially academic philosophy, right? Uh, In fact, Heidegger is going to tell us that philosophy always aims at the first and last grounds of being with particular emphasis on man himself, okay? And on the meaning and the goals of human being there. So essentially then what Heidegger is trying to tell us is that the question of being, it, it's, it's the central question of importance in all of human culture. And thus the neglect of this question and the ensuing falling away from being is responsible in large part to much of the decline in our culture. Now, this use of the word culture is interesting here because it allows Heidegger to make many political and ethical claims on a metaphysical ground. Okay, the metaphysical ground here usually concerned is like, what is the nature of things that exist? And he's going to take this and use it as a way to insert the existence, even though he's going to fucking deny them somehow, of ethical and political obligations. It's pretty weird, right? So with that, we get introduced then to the notion of fallenness. Now, fallenness specifically of being, but in general, is a fucking huge, huge idea in Heideggerian philosophy. And given that I'm close to the 50-minute mark, well, I'm like at the 40-minute mark now, but there's no way that I could possibly do it justice in 20 minutes. I'm not going to cut the podcast short. I'm saying I'm just going to briefly dip our toes into the water of fallenness here. What he's going to tell us again is that the problem of being is central to not only philosophy, but it's vital to all human culture as all men, not just philosophers, have fallen out of being, okay? But again, we must ask ourselves, what exactly is being, okay? Or rather, more importantly, what exactly is fallenness? Now, at the surface level, fallenness is nothing more than the failure to ask the very abstract metaphysical questions that threatens human culture as a whole. But what Heidegger's doing, this extends far beyond this, okay? And it's helpful, again, first to distinguish between two different types of metaphysical questions that will emerge, if you will, in our study. The first one is the metaphysical. And in this particular sense, it should be understood as the quote-unquote study of being. The second question is the ontology, which in turn will be used to refer to Heidegger's blanket usage of the term as a means of designating all investigations into Dasein. Technical jargon language. I know, hood philosophy is not about this kind of shit. But like I said, y'all are some smart motherfuckers and I'm not going to infantilize you, okay? I know you're following me here with this. And you know, I promise you, at least I hope, it's my, it's my sincere hope, that the payoff will be fucking worth it. When he says an investigation into Dasein, he's just simply saying, yo, Dasein, or being rather, it's all, all of reality, okay? So when we're fucking engaging in a study of reality, we're engaging in an ontological practice, okay? Metaphysics, in turn, it's the study of this, it's the study of this very, of the, of the very essence of nature, of, of reality, okay? The study of being. Okay. Now, this first question, that of metaphysics, it's concerned again with more specifically the questions that regard the existence of particular entities. So, shit like God, Santa Claus, okay, or if there exists intelligent creatures that aren't of the humanoid form. That's what the metaphysical questions, you know, that's what they're concerned with. The second type asks us what it is that is being asked in all such questions. Or, to put it more succinctly, what does it mean for 
anything to be. Like literally, what does it mean for a Santa Claus to be? What does it mean for a God to be? What does it mean for a unicorn to be? What does it mean for a human being to be? Okay? This, this is the question that Heidegger is most concerned with, right? Because for him, the first question, it's been the concern of all philosophy prior to him, right? But it's faulty. It starts from a fucking de- it starts from a faulty position, namely in that it already presumes to have answered the second question. The reality is though, right, to ask whether a particular entity exists presupposes that we already understand what it is to exist in the first place and that it quote unquote makes sense to speak of existence in general, right? But nah, dog. He's telling us, you got shit twisted, bro. Existence is a fucking massive mystery again, okay? And what Heidegger's saying is that we're completely fucking neglecting this mystery and we're just assuming that it is as it is without any actual fucking reflection onto the nature of existence to begin with, right? And you can't just accept the mystery as the default starting point. It's fucking fundamentally unsound to do so. Okay? He's not content with this. He wants to understand the essence of existence, right? And because of this, Heidegger believes that philosophers in general have fallen out of being, okay? That we've forgotten the question of being insofar as that we've only asked the first question and wrongly assumed that the answer to the second question follows, right? So what he's trying to tell us then is that being, or again, the essence of existence that's the real starting point, bro, okay? And we can't answer the first question until we figured it out. This is why he's telling us, this is why he states in his most famous book, Being in Time, that the question of the meaning of being, with a capital B here, is raised and developed as a question for the first time in the history of philosophy. Now pause, because this is not the fucking first time that this question was raised. Again. Heideggerian philosophy, basically derivative of Nawat's philosophy. This is the start point of Nawat's philosophy. In fact, if you've been listening to fucking my podcast for a while now, you'll know that I have said on multiple occasions that Nawat's philosophy and European philosophy have different start and end points, okay? And this is exactly what I'm talking about. The start point for fucking Nawat philosophy to just essentialize it in its most basic form, it's more complex than this, but the basic start point is from this second question to begin with. What the fuck is the nature of reality? What the fuck is going on here? Who are we? What are we doing here? Okay? And then let's make sense of that and then figure out how it relates to you personally on an individual level. Okay? So while I'm, we're still so early into Heideggerian thought that, again, it's impossible to draw out the exact similarities, for now, it just suffices to state that the question of being, uh, it's the driving force behind Nawa philosophy. Okay? Uh, for now, what they're going to call it Teotel, and it's going to be uh, the existence therein uh, or thereof of anything that exists, right? It's all Teotel. And this is exactly kind of what Heidegger's arguing here. He's saying that uh, while his insights might have been, again, you know, novel in the European tradition, they're nothing new, especially uh, specifically, I should say, in the indigenous Nahuatl ontologies and epistemology, okay? So whatever the case might be, it's in light of these historically fallen positions, if you will, that Heidegger posits as, again, the Nawats who preceded him by tens of thousands of years, that the understanding of being, the fundamental understanding of, the, of, of just existence, okay? This, this right here is the fucking starting point, right? And this is the most basic fundamental problem of not only philosophy, but human beings in general. And explicitly what Heidegger is going to tell us is that philosophy can make no claims having completed or rather complete, completed its search for a foundation so long as the folk and most basic concept being remains the darkest concept of them all, right? So now that we have a little bit of the fucking technically dense jargon out of the way, I'm only going to introduce a little bit more this time in the form of Dasein, particularly of Dasein as being in the world, okay? Now, although the stated problem of Heidegger's philosophy is the problem of being, it can be reduced further 
to an ethical concern regarding a particular kind of being, namely the human being. Okay? Now, specifically, Heidegger is most concerned with the quote-unquote questioning being and calls this special kind of person Dasein, which quite literally translates to being there. Okay? Now, just to uh, give you a little bit of... This is a very abstract concept and the best way that i can explain it is through fucking now watch philosophy when i tell you that in their belief teotel is manifested okay or you can use the scientific explanation and say a random inert of chunk a, ran, a random inert chunk of molecules that are vivified by the energy of existence okay that is taking the shape of you of me of this microphone everything okay whatever the fuck system helps you make sense of what it means for something to being there okay heidegger is going to tell us that this dasein is an entity which does not just occur among other entities but rather it is distinguished by the fact that in its very being that being is an issue for it okay it is peculiar to this entity he's going to tell us that with and through its being this being is disclosed to it. So much being talk at this point. I'm sorry, okay? I hope I haven't lost you just yet, right? Um, but what he's trying to say simply is that the understanding of being with a capital B itself is a definite characteristic of Dasein's being, okay? And then he goes on to drop some more high-level technical insight into what makes Dasein uniquely capable of ontologizing, if you will, the nature of being, right? But in the interest of getting to what I want to discuss, authenticity, as expeditiously as possible, I'm going to cut through it and just say simply that he's going to challenge us to look beyond the seemingly elementary reading of the question, who is Dasein? Or better stated, who am I? The reason being is because, you know, this question, it's deceivingly simple and that we must not underestimate our ignorance on the subject, you and me, right? just because the subject happens to be you and me. What he's trying to say then is that, you know, just because you are you doesn't mean that you know who the fuck you are. Same for me, okay? It's his contention that we don't know ourselves best, let alone foremost, right? Just because you've lived with yourself and within yourself more appropriately for the entirety of your existence, this doesn't mean that you have any idea of who you truly are, essentially, is what this fucking Heideggerian character is going to want to tell us. And yeah, I think um, rather than continue to bludgeon you to death with any more technical dense jargon, I hope I haven't lost you now. Um, I'm going to go ahead and draw this bitch to an end right here. And for the next one, I, I mean, I don't even know why I'm stuttering. I don't know why I'm hesitating. I know for a fact I can promise that it won't be as technically dense. And we're going to get into the real, real fucking nitty gritty with this philosophy. This is just a primer. This is a foundational episode in the sense that it's meant to do nothing more than introduce the real shit. What's the real shit? The ethics of care that Heidegger is going to introduce us to in hopes that doing so will help us live better, more authentic, happy lives. Until then, I hope you all have a great rest of your day and I'll see you next time. Peace.